to lose your job. Hey, hey, you are about to lose your job. Get this band. Hey, you are about to lose your job because you talking shit. Mm. Oh, nothing. How we doing today? I thought How that we was going a different direction. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let y'all breathe today, but it's a glorious day. Glorious. It's slightly better than yesterday. Uh, thank you, God. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Big Boy Brunch, where topics get tasted. I am Lolo Von Z. That is L-O-L-O-V-O-N-Z, aka Sis Head Niggas Worst Nightmare, aka Dick So Bomb, No Three Want Smoke, aka the reason your daddy ain't paying tuition this semester. AKA trade in America, AKA if I had some dick, we would be best friends. AKA the deadbeat cousin, AKA the top heard around the world, AKA music ho child, AKA faggot of the darkness flame. I am sitting down to a delicious, oh, it, it is so good guys. Like, so like I made like homemade um, sauce, egg and cheese, McMuffins. I got the English muffin. I used uh, Bob Evans like spicy pork breakfast sausage. I like fr- fried up some eggs with like some like some like nice like like rich cheddar, and then I, I, I cooked some home fries. And I am washing it down with a mixed drink today. So like this is like leftover stuff from the Halloween party. So I got I got I got. I got Jose Cuervo mixed with V8 and soda water. So he's back on the horse, y'all. He's back on it. Hi, Drake. He's back. Good? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? That's great to hear. Um, no, I'm joking. Wow, what's wrong with me? Um, I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, um, yeah, the last time. Y'all listen to us. We were saying, you know, hopefully by the next time you hear us, we'll have the results of the election. And in fact, we do. So, um, yes, congrats to um, the actual president. Because <laughs> you know damn well who's going to be running the country. Miss uh, <laughs> Harris. Miss <laughs> Harris. Miss Harris. Um, yeah, so you know, it's it's there's there's so many mixed feelings, but um, congrats get, to her. Yeah, congrats, yes. congrats. The first and black I, yeah. woman, the first black woman to be vice president, many to be a any president, period. Right. Period. Um, so you know, I'm happy for them, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll definitely see how it goes. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later on, but first. It is time for a heaping helping of geek news in a segment I like to call Nerdy Nuggets, Bottoms and Recreation. Is that like a parks um, reference or mm-hmm. is it something else? It yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, we're like when I say bus and stuff. Right, right, right. That, that's, that's right, all, right. That is also, you know. Oh, I thought. That was like a reference to like um Shrek, that Shrek character. Never mind. That's Bus- no, no, no. So like when I say Bus and stuff, so like it's a um like Ron Ron Swanson um has a thing where he like he goes to this place in Pawnee. It's called mm-hmm. it's called like it's like like a dollar store type place called like Food and Stuff. It's where he gets all of his food and most of his stuff. So right, right, right. Okay, that that, that whole thing. That, all that right. Is- so um, game MCU fans. Um, 
Loki will be bisexual and have both a male and a female love interest in an upcoming Disney Plus series, according to an industry insider. Um, no images or trailers have been released yet from the series, which is expected to debut on the streaming platform in early 2021. However, um, the inside of Richmond or, or Richmond claimed, or Richmond, anyway, they claimed that he has insider knowledge about the character's romantic liaisons. He suggested that Loki will have both a male and a female love interest in the upcoming series. It is expected that the highly anticipated series will also see Loki moving between different genders and time periods, which with Richard E. Grant rumored to be playing an older version of the anti-hero. This will bring the character more in line with the original depiction in the Marvel character Marvel comics, where Loki often switched genders. Um, this is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I think like they they're finally like dipping into like the queerness of Loki. Um, Loki, like hands now, is like every, like the most popular uh, MCU villain uh, for reasons I'm not sure. I'm like I, I understand he's like he he's skinny white British and you know conventionally attractive, but I was like he, he didn't do anything for me. I was like all right, he's just like he a little shit that likes to fuck around, but do, um, you know actually adding all the queerness to his character is is what makes him interesting for me. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah i'm excited okay, fag, real fag shit love it real fag girl shit <laughs> hot fag shit i love it yeah. i still don't know like is he <laughs> is he like alive because like he he got like he got choked the fuck out in the last avengers movie and so we- i feel like there's always a way for that they do things that you know really make no sense so you know Hey. Oh, JK girl. <laughs> uh, and he's switching genders. Ew, you know, <laughs> he was just playing. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I am so like, com- think about comic book characters. Like they, they die, but they just, they just bring them back. That's yeah, another universe. All that type of shit. Yeah. 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 Just, just, just wait, just like, just wait about um, a year yeah, and a half. Yeah. No, that, the, the girls will be back. <laughs> I think that stays dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-mm-mm. Moving right along. All right, in more, um, you know, M- Marvel Insider stuff. This is uh, Jessica Henwick has opened up about auditioning for the part of Ray in the Star Wars sequels, only to narrowly miss out to Daisy Ridley. The British actress told NME that she found it very hard when she didn't get the role in the blockbuster trilogy, especially since she described the six-month-long audition process as very long and very arduous. But while Henwick was devastated not to get the part of Ray, she now understands why Ridley beat her to the part. She said that Ridley did such an incredible job, and it was 100% her journey to make. It just wasn't meant for me. My life would have been completely different. As well as leading The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker, Ridley has also played the title character in Ophelia, appeared in the remake of Murder on the Orient Express, and provided her voice to the animated movie uh, Peter Rabbit. However, there's no need to feel too sorry for Henwick as her her career has gone from strength to strength over the last few few years. After gaining notoriety with her performance as Namiria Sand in Game of Thrones, she starred in Iron Fist, The Defenders, and Luke Cage. While she'll next appear in Godzilla versus Kong and The Matrix 4. Um, 
this not yeah. not her, but like the fact that yeah, a six would... month a six month girl in a, like audition get get out of my face like for that anyway. for like I mean for star for store wars for store wars nah they like it's it's so it's intense good. it's intense that she she actually ended up playing like a, a smaller role in 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 the um in the movie but damn and the this story um stood out to me because like I was like damn. We almost had an Asian lead in a Star Wars movie. Like, wait, I was like, wait, wait, hold up. We almost had a non-white lead in a Star Wars movie. Damn, damn, <laughs> damn it, damn it to hell. We can't have nothing. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I'm just, Ugh. <laughs> I'm tired. Ugh. I'm tired. Like Star Trek is doing it better. Like they, they got a black girl like leading the whole shit. Like it's, Ugh. Star Wars just needs to, mm. But I, I'm like I, I am a fan of Jessica Henwick. Like she was the bright light in the dumpster fire that was um, Iron Fist. Like yeah, yes, I was one of like twelve black people that watched Iron Fist. Because um, <laughs> because yeah, Colleen Wing is like a dope ass character, and she's one half of like the group that of her and Missy Knight that formed the Daughters of the Dragon. And I've wanted a Daughters of the Dragon like TV show, like ever since I saw the two of them together in um, in season two of Luke, of Luke Cage, like that when they're, they're fighting together, like this, this is af- after Missy Knight uh, loses her arm and like they're, and like the two of them are fighting like uh, these like dudes in a bar. And it's like, this is fucking dope. And it's like, and we, we will most likely never get a Daughters of the Dragon show, but at least we'll have that, that, well, a couple of the scenes. So like the two first, first um like we'll always have the scene of them in the bar like beating the shit out of the, those dudes which was fucking awesome like missy knight is beating the shit out of motherfuckers with one hand like 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 was good mm-hmm. and and then like later on they do some more investigating and she like and they have to fight these like um these tattoo artists who know kung fu it, it's really dope. i was like why isn't this the show why do we mm-hmm. need the what the rich white boy who knows kung fu leading everything like it's it if you haven't watched Iron Fist, it's basically, yeah, it's basically Arrow, but like not interesting. Interesting. It's like like a rich white boy who's like fighting crime or whatever. But it's just like, it, it, God, it's why are it's so like, many? It's like Arrow meets Suits, but like there's like okay, <laughs> see, not, why why are so many like heroes or people that fight crime, like you know main one well not a lot but like a considerable amount of them come from like a privileged bra- like go away like, y'all, have, y'all have stuff we don't like, need go the away. rich yeah we don't it's so give weird us the, give us the luke yeah be weird like give us the luke cage <laughs> like like the regular nigga like sweeping hair at the barbershop like trying to make rent like you know like, like Give That's us, what I give us see. those stories. Give us those. I mean, my, less less the whole like you know like preaching about Christmas addicts because like nigga, calm calm down with all that. <laughs> or like not to, like it's like just don't say the N word. Like nigga, if you don't calm, <laughs> that shit kid, that shit blew me. Like ah, I was like I was so hyped for Luke Cage, and then and then like I watched like I still liked it, but I was like oh he 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 a little. He, he, he a little coonish, damn. <laughs> mm, there it is. It never fucking fails, does Ah, it? damn it. 
fine. Pull the trigger, nigga. I was like, <laughs> he's all, but which is it, which is annoying because like he is the first black superhero in like the Marvel scape that I think that I've heard say the N word. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, which is wow. Like the first and the first time he, he says like, I don't like that word. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> You're in the middle of New York, like the birthplace of hip hop. You know what? All right, but like, isn't he specifically Harlem? Yeah, so, so ha- nigga that. Harlem. Don't even like, get out of here. Like, yeah. You know. Anyway, and I know you part of I. You know the uh, the like the, the showrunner. Um, I think what his I think his name is like Chio. Yeah, Chio Hodari, uh, Coker. I think yeah, he he follows me online mind-blowing because because like i i've i've been very vocal with my criticisms <laughs> he still follows me <laughs> it's like uh, but I, I do understand that um you know like you are like delivering a show to white people inevitably and you gotta like people pressuring you to, to make a, a respectable hero a respectable black hero who from new york who like the one the one black dude who doesn't like the n-word so he's gotta he's gotta be like and we gotta like while also wearing a hoodie like I, like the hoodie was a nice touch but yeah, it was. Yeah, it, I'm sorry. It, what white people love singing to rap songs that have the N word? Like they don't care. Like what are you talking yeah, about? They don't it was, care. It, it's it's like Ugh, it's always like, just it. It's always stuff that nobody is really thinking about that these niggas put in shows. It's like we yeah. weren't thinking about this, but okay. I actually, like I I still have not. I've yet to watch the last two episodes of Luke Cage because it season two was was a mess but but back to jessica henwick um we wish her well sorry you had to go through all that mess like yeah but yeah we she don't get a big ass role like another big ass role like later on so like the yeah. matrix four like like she be beating the shit out of, out of dudes i don't know like i'll send you some clips but, come, anyway whatever but like yeah um i'm the, i'm here for the matrix four so we're, we, we yeah, can look whenever forward. it decides yeah. to come out we can look forward to that. And also, um, all right, so the last last piece of news, like some sad news, is um, Jeopardy host Alex Trebek um, has passed away at 80 um, after a um, battle with pancreatic cancer. Um, Trebek was synonymous with the longtime top-rated Jeopardy, like the brainiest of TV quiz shows, which he hosted since its syndicated revival premiered in 1984. Um, yeah, the Sudbury, Ontario-born host who gained U.S. citizenship in 1998 enjoyed a substantial game show career before taking on Jeopardy, hosting shows as like The Wizard of Odds, Double Dare, High Rollers, Battle Stars, Classic Concentration, and To Tell the Truth. Listen, yo, Alex Trebek was like key in like my upbringing, like my childhood, like Jeopardy was one of two shows that my parents allowed me to watch during the week, like during the during the weekdays, like I, like after like we would eat dinner during um, like my mom would be cooking dinner during Wheel of Fortune. We'd be eating dinner by Jeopardy after Jeopardy. Cut that shit off. You're either finishing up your homework or you were you take taking a bath and taking your ass to bed. Like Alex Trebek, he's Oh, always been there always like like smart as a whip like just like a dope ass game game show host like respectful like most of the time like but like so, some some ep- yo some episodes like there, there'd be some episodes where um somebody would just like get an answer wrong and he would just laugh and just be like 
no and just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like i'm just doing this in like <laughs> dude was the goat like he he was right. really no he was just he was just on all all the time like so just so very like consistent and like i i uh, you know and like i i loved playing jeopardy like me and my mom my brother would like we would like we would like fight each other. Like we'd be like a competition, like who could answer the most questions. And like, what part of me really wanted to be on Jeopardy one, one day, but with Alex, Alex Trebek, but you know, I guess I waited too long, but maybe one day. Most black people just grew like that. Like that was a black person show for real. Like black Jeopardy people, a black ass show. Black people grew up on that shit. Like we was always just sitting there, like even in like TV shows, uh, black TV shows, people will reference it. Like, if you grew up black in the U.S., it's 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 most likely that you were watching that show every night, um, because either you, because either your mama, or I'm sorry, one of your parents or your grandmama uh, was watching it, and you just sat next to them while they were watching it, or whatever. Um, I just, it's you know, it's definitely sad. Um, R.I.P. to Alex. I. I love how, like, you know, in the later years, they started, like, you know, incorporating more, like, hip-hop stuff and more, um, you know, yeah. stuff. Megan made it to, to Jeopardy. Uh, Megan, she uh, did. Megan. I love that. I'm so happy about that. And I love, and uh, all right, so, and first off, let me, all right, so, like, let me, let, let me, like, sidebar to, like, all the fucking intellectuals that have made it to Jeopardy, like, who know everything about, like World War II and like geography, like like you know exactly what a peninsula is or or isthmus or like a plateau or some shit or like you know everything about like 17th century history, like like you you know all of Shakespeare's plays, but them hip hop categories be whooping y'all's ass every single time, every single It'd be time. It's so funny to see. It is so funny. hilarious. You don't know everything, do you? <laughs> I love it. I love. I live for like. I live less when a black person fucks it up, but oh god, oh god, that but, is so embarrassing. Yeah, but when it's all when it's like all like like a non-black like like um uh, cat, it's like it's like three contestants that are like not that aren't black. And mm. and they got like a super black ass category, and they just be yeah. struggling. They be struggling. skipping over it till the end, bitch. <laughs> they be like, "All right, let's leave that for last." Yeah, let, let, yeah. Let me take. Uh, <laughs> hip, oh no, 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 no. Let, 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 <laughs> Never let mind. Me take, let me take um, like oh, like fiftieth, like twentieth century, like organ music. Let me not. Let, let me. Right. Let, let me, no, let, yeah, no, like um, yeah, like quotes from Plato would be a little bit easier than you know, <laughs> like who, like you know. What, why? Why the Furious Five were, were mad at Grandmaster? <laughs> uh, this is sad, but, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah. But, yeah, but R.I.P. to Alex Trebek. You will will be missed. Um, yeah. All right, that wraps up this segment of ner- Nerdy Nuggets. Uh, bottoms of the deep. Is that what I said earlier? Deep anyway, uh-huh. Dick Lucy, Dick Lucy. Okay. You know what? I all right. Bet, better, better puns. Better puns next episode. This can't be everything to everyone. Okay, sometimes correct. Very much that. False. Right 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, oh, we got a really, really dope-ass guest. Really excited. All right. We're going to be right back. Mm. All right. soul singer as well as a music journalist whose sound influences range from golden age new york city hip-hop to early 2000s neo soul to electronic funk and jazz his 2019 ep stay made it to the itunes rmb top 50 and his music has also been featured on an episode of the hit hbo show insecure his new ep love games is streaming right now we are so blessed to be speaking with him today y'all give it up for rob milton what's good what's up thanks for having me y'all yeah, yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. You guys are amazing, and it's always it's always fun to see you guys on the timeline. Um, so <laughs> I am happy to be in the virtual room. You know, oh God, we are so yeah. we are so messy. You don't need to be seeing any of that. God, <laughs> awful, awful. It's fun sometimes, though. Yeah, with like the year it. we've had, we need a little, just a little here every now and then. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Dre, why don't you kick it off? Yes, sir. All right. So first question, when and where did you first start singing? Um, so I'm one of those people who literally have been singing their entire lives. Like, you know, um, have you ever seen the video of Ebony Jenkins? Was she in the bathroom singing? And they're like, shut yes. up. It's like, yes. 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 That has been my entire life. <laughs> so, um, and I think, part, I think in that, because I've been singing my entire life like that, I don't think my family really like, really connected and it was like oh this like real shit because yeah, yeah wait yeah. do y'all cuss on here is this i don't i'm saying yeah y'all say, um, do we cuss yeah no you, we're, you have we're filthy on here on to yeah. the ss big boy brunch we curse like sailors okay cool we're trying so yeah so anyway um yes i've been singing my whole life um i started singing i think just naturally like it's just always been a part of who i am but i remember when i was probably four um my mom my mom worked at the post office uh shout out to the postal workers this year who have been through it Mm. Uh, my mom worked at the post office and she would literally call me from work and put the phone on speakerphone and i would be singing uh mary j blige real love to her co-workers like all the time Uh, it was a thing um so i've i've been singing my whole life but of course church um i was like the president of the youth choir when i was like five like i literally (laughs) I've been doing this my whole life, but I don't think I really, I personally didn't really realize that it was like my purpose or a thing, quote unquote, until I was about, I think it was my last year in college. Um, mm. A friend of mine, Jackie Hammond, uh, she was in this group, Martin Parks, which they're incredible. Um, and she hit me up, she was doing a solo project and she asked me would I do a song with her on the project. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, hey, I was like, me and she was like yeah and I'm like 
oh, okay. <laughs> um, and um, we did a song called Lazy, and um, it's still to this day one of the best things I've ever been a part of. If you if you get a second, look up Jackie Hammond and Rob Milton Lazy. Um, nice. It's a really, really beautiful song. And the day that we recorded it, she said, once you do this, you're never going to stop. And I was like, what? Again, I'll be oblivious to everything in life. <laughs> so I just be like, what? Right. She's just like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And we recorded the song. And literally since that day, I have not stopped recording. Um, it changed my life. And so, yeah. Awesome. I love that. Uh, yeah. Where are you from originally? So I'm originally from New Jersey, um, but I've spent a lot of time back and forth between New Jersey and Virginia. Um, so mm -hmm. I moved to Virginia when I was about 13, but I hated it. So I would go back to New Jersey um, every summer. But then at some point I realized like I'm stuck here. So I stayed for college. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's when I began to like, when that's when I really began to like have an appreciation for Virginia when I was in college because I was just on my own and just experiencing things outside of the scope of my family or my parent. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so it allowed me to kind of just enjoy the people and the experience, especially college and being at a black, uh, at an HBCU, shout out to Virginia State. Um, right. So yeah, I, but then I moved here about three years ago and that changed my life. I've been on, I've only been here in Atlanta for three years, but it feels like it feels like 30. Like, I feel like I've lived multiple <laughs> yeah. lives since I've been here. I've been different levels of myself, like different people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Atlanta, to be honest, right now feels like home. Like, I can't say when I go back to Virginia and it, it's no like, no shade to family or friends or anything. But I can't say that when I go back to Virginia, I feel like home or I can't say when I go back to New Jersey, I feel like home. Atlanta feels like home right now. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, because I um, I first heard about you from a lot of my uh, friends I made in Richmond. Like, yeah, like they like yeah, a whole bunch of my friends are like, Rob, yeah, Rob, that's Rob. where I live, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like um, that that's that's how like we like I I first heard of you and how we like yeah connected. So yeah, that that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. All right. All right. Yeah. So, I, so okay, right, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about it in a second. Oh. We're probably no, talking about it in a second, but the record that I did that was on Insecure, um, the song that I did that was on Insecure, um, Things I Should Have Said, is actually uh, a group that I'm in with myself and DJ Harrison, who is also from Richmond, Virginia. Awesome. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Sons of the James is our name. So dope. All right. So for those who follow you, it's clear that you're very influenced by classic army and gospel. So what do you like the most about these genres? Yeah. Um, I mean, these genres like raise me like I listen to everything. Um, and I know people say that and they be lying, but like I really listen to everything. Um, but R&B <laughs> and gospel is literally what raised me like the, the music of Luther Vandross is like in my blood, the music of Kirk Franklin, the music of the mm -hmm. Clark sisters, the music of Mary J. Blige, like these are this, this is music that like runs through like through my life, like I can't think of certain parts of my life and not think of Fred Hammond. Or I can't think of certain parts of my life and not even think of Beyonce. Like there, it's just, it's a part of me. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so what's your process for writing the song? Um, is it getting the instrumental first, then the words or vice versa, or maybe it's an entirely different process? Uh, what, like, how do you go about the songwriting process? 
It depends. Um, it's really all about the vibe, as the kids say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it really is. Like, it depends. Like, there are times where, like, for instance, my new EP, Love Games, mm-hmm. it was literally just a year. This, you know, As we all know, this year has been crazy, but it was, like, so many things happening in the world and in my life. And it was just, it was almost like, uh, like, it was, it's like therapy. Like it just literally, the music just like fell out of me. Um, literally mm-hmm. like, it's like, I am, uh, I'm a funnel. Like God is legit just like pouring stuff out of me and whatever comes out is what I create. Like, I don't try to, I try not to get in the space where I'm trying to like make something that sounds like this or uh, trying to make sure that I fit into that. Like I legit, just do what God places inside of me. And that's all that, that's all that I really want to do because that's, that's where it feels good. Granted, I do keep my ear to the streets. Like I know what's happening and what's, what the sounds are and this and that. So of course, like just because of that, it would be incorporated into what I do. But honestly, it's really just the sitting, it's really just sitting down um, and just writing how I feel about what's happening in my life or what has happened in my life um sometimes it's like you know when my group cousin is me and myself in crayon sometimes it's literally us there have been there were days when she and I like sat in the studio for a good like a whole weekend just literally in the studio just writing just like doing whatever like just creating taking different samples different sounds and making the bed of our music and then just writing whatever um so it's, it's, it really depends, but there are times where I'm like, I wanna work on something and I'll have some, like one of my homies that produce, send me some tracks and just write on top of that. Um, but it's really all about the, like I said, it's really all about the vibe and what um, the song calls for. Like my song Comfortable, I originally wrote that. I was, I originally wrote it in 2017, I think, oh, 2017, wow. 2018. Um, and we gave it, I, we used it for my group cousin's single in 2018, but I was literally working at Whole Foods behind the register. I feel like I tell this story all the time. Like <laughs> I was working at Whole Foods behind the register and I was like, I felt like I just kept singing these words while I was ringing this lady up. And I, when I was done, I asked, could I go use the bathroom? And I was just in the bathroom with my voice memo, like singing it. And in the background, you could hear like smooth jazz, Tony Braxton on Break My Heart. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I was in the bathroom, like writing comfortable to whatever is playing, to that playing in the background. Um, and then we released it as my group cousin um, and it was on the Apple Music playlist. And it was like a whole bunch of really dope stuff. We did a remix, um, but something about it this year when I was writing Love Games, something about it hit different. And I, um, I wrote a second verse and just kind of flipped the whole thing because our initial version um, is honestly almost like choiry, um, and it kind of gives you like King and like it's almost like King meets the Clark Sisters. It, it sounds crazy, but like if you listen to it, you'll get it. Um, but so this one, it was just me, and it was more so literally me talking about what was happening in my life and how I was feeling, and it just felt more personal and it felt more. Um, even just the sound of it feels just warm and like I, I'm I'm literally in love with this song. Awesome, yeah, yeah that's a, yeah, wow, yeah. That's also like what that's comfortable is one of my favorite songs. It's like it's like all Thank I really want to do is split these bills with you. I was like, period. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's what's good? 
All right, so can you speak to the difficulties of being an independent artist? So how do you get past the occasional feelings of defeat? First of all, occasional, no, <laughs> consistent. <laughs> I, I consistently feel defeated, um, but I know that it is a part of the journey. Um, a lot of times people ask, how do I deal with this? Or how do I do this? Or like, how do how am I so consistent? Or how, I so home, how, how do I have so much drive? And the answer for me is, I'm just trying to survive. Um, and so this is what this is what brings me peace. Like this creating, writing, and then releasing and like creating content and promoting and all of the things that I do in this way are literally, they're my therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and without them, I'm miserable. Mm -hmm. So um, it's right. my go-to. Like when I'm feeling anything, I'm gonna go write about it or I'm gonna go, even the stuff I post on Twitter, like the jokes and it's just me like, it's therapy for me, like laughing, creating, just these are these are the things that keep me alive. And so I just do them naturally. Um, the hard part comes in when you are trying to, like, you know, at the end of the day, if my song touches one person, I've, I'm, I've done what I'm supposed to do. But nobody wants to not be heard. Like yeah. nobody, you don't want to not be heard, especially when you know like there was a point where there may have been a point where I was like, not really sure about my music, like my mixes, they could have been better, but I ain't have what I needed to do that. Or mm -hmm. like, what is there just different things that I look back at. But now when I tell you, I know that this is my purpose and like my shit is fire. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You literally can't tell me anything about my music. There's nothing that you can tell me because I have put in the work and the sound It's it's all that I want to listen to. Mm. And my ears, my quality of the quality of music that I listen to is it's nowhere near low. <laughs> like, okay, so yeah. the fact that I, I mean, just it's it just you got to know your your strong hand, and that's Absolutely. mine. <laughs> like, I know how to pick <laughs> even even your your least favorite artist. I can tell you one song of theirs that you will listen to and be like, "Damn, wait a minute," you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, and so the fact that the fact that I'm genuinely obsessed with my own music, the fact that I'm genuinely like. To this day, I still listen to Cousin Volume 1 because what me and Crayon did on that album, on that EP is stuff that like, it's it's the things that everybody's saying is missing out of music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. saying they, we don't do bridges anymore. <laughs> everybody's saying there's no R&B, everything is a quote unquote vibe. All of those things that are missing, I have given you. Crayon nope. has given you, mm -hmm. Cousin has given you. Um, and so just as a, a fan of music, um, I'm obsessed with the shit I do. And so that's that piece is like something that I'm so glad to, to have found confidence in um, and still be humble. Um, but at the same token, knowing that and feeling that and then watching people celebrate things that the quality of it is lesser than yours. Mm -hmm. It is, it's, it's, it's a struggle, honestly, yeah. it's a struggle. And not to, not to compare what you do to what other people do, um, but it's just, it's hard, especially when people are constantly like, we want the real, we want R&B, da, 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 da. And you like, hey, I do that. And they're like, nah, but trap sold though. And you like, okay, uh... <laughs> shout out to y'all. <laughs> <But like, laughs> I thought y'all said y'all wanted the, 
you know? Right. Um, but again, these is this for me, um, I just realized it's a part of the journey and it's not always easy. I have my days where I'm like, yo, I'm done with this. And then I snap out of it and realize like, I can't be done with this. Yeah. So this, I have to like fight through that. And, and I will say that at this point in my life, I can say that I've had moments, I've had big moments that have eclipsed the moments of defeat so much Mm-hmm. that when I have the moments of defeat, I feel them, I have them, but then I'm like, nah, uh, your music is on HBO or nah, like uh-huh. you literally just flew to Sweden last year and Sweden. performed your music that you created in another country. Like it's stuff like that, moments like that, that keeps me going and realizing like, this is absolutely positively my purpose. I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm absolutely positively doing this on my own. Um, and and reaching feats that um, I absolutely should not be able to on my own. Like, I, not not I shouldn't, but s- the statistics and like the industry exactly. shows that I shouldn't. Uh-huh. Um, and so people are beginning to look and like trying to figure out how I how I'm doing what I'm doing. But it's really honestly and truly just me walking in my purpose and understanding that this is my purpose and that at the end of the day everything is going to work out the way that it's supposed to. And what is for me is for me. And I'm going to get it. I'm never, ever going to miss what's for me. Period. All right. That's yeah. great that you, you know, you said that you're obsessed with your own music because so many times you hear artists saying like, and like not even just musicians, but you hear like uh, actors say, I never watch my own movies or, yeah. you know, you'll hear like singers say, I don't listen to my own music or um, sometimes even like dr- uh, people who like do animation say, I don't watch my own animations. And you're like, yo, that's, that's wild to hear. You would think that if you are making things that you put out, you would like them, but, yeah. or whatever, I mean, you know. I can understand it. Like there are days and there are some stuff that I listen to sometimes and I'm like, dang, like, what what was you doing and then I can go but it's crazy because I can go back and listen to the very same song the mm-hmm. next day and be like yo you snapped <laughs> like oh, yeah, it's right. just it's literally I think it's just a part of being an artist and then a part of being a human because one oh, it's kind of crazy to think that like what my purpose is, is making noise into a microphone, like using my <laughs> voice consistently to make noise. Yeah. So when I, when you go back and listen, like when you hear yourself speak, sometimes you'll be like, oh, I don't want to hear that. Oh yeah. All the sometimes time. Yeah. as an artist, when you go to listen to your music, you like, oh, bro, that's me. <laughs> me yeah. <start> that on. <laughs> but, but I can honestly hundred percent say with the music that I have made this year, like love games, I wouldn't, it's never a turn off. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, you could actually I turn that. it on. Um, <laughs> I just, I just because like being able to like create and, and I, a part of it was this year, I, you know, got connected and got into like a couple of meetings and like a couple of different really big opportunities, some that are still looming, some that aren't. And I was just really, really focused on like, I'm gonna chill out because once this pop off, I'm gonna be good. And I'm gonna be able to do things the way that I really wanna do. And normally what I do is even when I can't do things the way that I want to do them, I figure out a way to do them anyway. Mm -hmm. And this year, because of everything that was going on in in real life and then in the real world, I was just like sitting back like, I'm it's too much. I can't breathe. Like I'ma just wait. And then one day I I realized that I had kind of like 
relinquished my own power, <laughs> like <laughs> voluntarily. And so I just got up and was like, I'm going to create, like, I have to go back to doing what I always do. What am I doing? Um, and literally in a week, Love Games just like came out of me. It was my first time producing. Oh, wow. Um, my first time. Uh, yeah, like, I just, I just literally did what, I literally did what God told me to do. And I hate to like always sound like super churchy, but it's really, I can't. Take your time, I pastor. I can't explain it any other way. Like God really poured these songs out of me and I, I, I will never be apologetic about my art because of the way that God gives it to me. Like, I know mm. that I'm, I, I'm good but I'm not good enough to do all of this by myself. <laughs> like I'm just, mm -hmm. it's, it just don't work that way. Um, it comes directly from God and I feel it when it happens. Mm -hmm. um, and so that is, it's just a feeling that I, I wouldn't trade. And, and so that, I think that's why I'm obsessed with my music, but also because I'm a fan, I'm literally a fan. Like I have studied mu the music industry. I have studied mm -hmm. music artists. I have studied like people's lives and like the way that the industry affected them. I've studied the music that they listen to to get to the sound that they got. It's just always been a part of me. Like it's natural to me. So I, I, I don't have, I feel like sometimes artists have a, not a fear, but they don't kind of don't want to be seen as like a fan of anything. Mm -hmm. They want to be seen as like the star, but I'm okay with being a star amongst other stars. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with, I'm okay with being able to, be honest about the fact that stars are exciting to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So whether it's my work or someone else's, um, I love art. I love music. I love people telling their story. Um, yeah. And I right now really love the way I told my story and I want to do it again. So awesome. can y'all listen to Love Games? Of course. <laughs> All right, Dre. Defund, defund fake R&B and fund real r <laughs> exactly exactly you know uh when we interviewed duran that's exactly what he said to study your um to study your study your craft. Yeah. you study have to craft. and it's study your i mean craft. we've seen the conversations on twitter but it kind of sucks the amount of like younger artists now who are and i hate to sound like an old head i'm 30 like i'm not old but it just sucks <laughs> that it sucks that a lot of younger artists now literally will sit in interviews and say, oh, I don't know who that is. I don't know so-and-so. I don't know so-and-so. And for me, I'm like, I grew up watching Beyonce say like Luther Vandross. She right. said, I watched Beyonce say Tina Turner. I watched Mary J. Blige say Roy Ayers. Right. I watched B. Slade say everybody. Like, mm -hmm. I've I, I don't know, like, I, and I don't want, I don't think that that is even the way that artists should be. Like, you should, if you're a chef, you you should be studying chefs before you. Yeah, if you are a pastor, you should be studying the pastors before you. Mm -hmm. If you're an artist, you should be studying the artists before you. Period. Exactly. Yeah, because no, even I if you don't, don't really think, even if you don't think you've been influenced by an artist, like you've mm -hmm. been influ you've been influenced. Absolutely. Like you've been like you listening to music your entire life, like made you want to be an artist. So like. Yep. Yeah, you know, people are like, oh, I don't know, I don't listen to X, Y, Z. But like, you've you've most likely been influenced by them. Like, what you've done, they've they've already done. They they were doing like thirty years yep. ago. So, yeah. Yep. But let's get into the album. Like, are they like the yep. EP, like Love Games? Um. So, um, my my favorite track, um, is Sunday Morning. Like, you use like yeah. church organ chords to talk about yeah, 
sleeping in with someone special. So well, you- <laughs> um, you know, it was honestly, uh, I would like to see it as an Aretha Franklin, like Ray Charles moment. Okay. Um, I think that we, R&B has a history, R&B and gospel both have a history of taking from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just something that um, just writing how I felt and writing real life shit, but like just so happens to come in a really like bluesy kind of churchy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't shy away from that because like I said, Aretha didn't shy away from it. Ray Charles right. didn't shy away from yeah. it. Fantasia hasn't shied away from it. Right. Um, and the list goes on. And um, as a church kid, like there's some things that just never leave you. Um, and the sound of, and the feel of that music, it never leaves you. Um, and it's just a part of who I am. And the song is fun. Um, I'm so, so happy I got the homie Smith, um, St. Smith on the timeline on Twitter. I got him yeah. on the record and he killed, killed, killed. One of his like biggest inspirations is Faith Evans. And he definitely, to me, gave um, Faith energy up and down the track. And I he really did. appreciated it. Mesmerized. I really appreciated it, yeah. He was really, yeah, he was really good. I love that. And I, I think uh, another part, I think another part of it was also kind of me um, in some ways like reclaiming just uh, a black ass sound. Um, because at the same time, I was in conversations about some things. And one of the things that was repeatedly said to me was that I needed to try to sound like Sam Smith. And it stressed me out because- You don't even like mind, MJ, I'm, what? <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, Sam Smith wants to sound like me. And that's no shade. Sam Smith wants yeah. to sound <laughs> black. It's a, it's a black sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sunday morning for me was kind of that like, if you if you keep the ending where like with the fade out with the the background vocals to me it kind of gives a little bit of what Adele and Sam Smith sometimes give, um, but it's just a reminder also that it comes from us. Yeah. And I love mm-hmm. I love Sam I enjoy Sam Smith I enjoy Adele. <laughs> Thank um, you. But <laughs> but um, you know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you blow my mind. You got what I need. You Because, you know, you were speaking about, you know, your song on HBO. Um, 
how did you find out that things I should have said was feature on Insecure? Um, and what did that placement mean to you? So it was really kind of a, a super, and that's the thing about this year is that this year, 2020 has been amazing and terrible at the very same time. Um, and there have been quite a few like full circle things that have happened on the positive tip. And one of them was insecure. I watching Issa's work on Awkward Black Girl, I want to say maybe 2011, 2012. I can't remember when it uh -huh. initiated, but I literally, it was literally the first episode me and my friends watched in college. And then we were watching the whole show all together. And even after I had left college, like we would watch it like at home, but like talk about it, text about it, call about it, all of that. Um, and so when the second season came out, she was linked with Pharrell and I Am Mother, um, which what happened to I Am Mother? Where'd that go? Anyway, sorry, random. <laughs> um, but she was connected with I Am Mother and they were doing a um, viewing party for the first season, a premiere at, um, I call it Wizard Kelly Theater, but Magic Johnson Theater. <laughs> and um, so we were in Harlem and we had like, went, we were in line all day, like up the escalator, like the escalator was off because niggas was just in line. We get to the door of the, not the door of the theater, like we get in the theater to the door of the room where the movie is being played. And they're like, actually we're at capacity. Hmm. So I'm like, cool, cool. Well, I'm gonna be here, you know. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll be here when capacity has gone down. Right. Um, and Issa ended up coming out, which was really dope. She came out and talked to all of us, took pictures with us, and just basically did a spontaneous meet and greet. And um, I had just started releasing music. Uh, my first EP came out January 1st, 2012. Um, so I had been really, I think I had that project and another one out, but on my first project, which actually, again, it again, it's always like small moments for me that keep me going. Uh, but my very first project, literally nobody knew me. I don't even know how he found it, but Music Soul Child posted it on his Instagram. Wow. Um, way back, back in 2012. And so again, it's always like little things here and there like my life will be shit but it'll be little things here and there where god is like it's cool it's cool <laughs> you yeah, i saw out. that picture with you yeah. and him <laughs> yeah 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 that was actually when i was working at whole foods um but yeah soul food so so <laughs> listen full circle again um but anyway so i had uh talked to Issa because on that project it was a song called off key and it it was saying even if i sing off key you would still love me and call this your favorite song and I Aww. felt like that was super fitting to Awkward Black Girl, even in the moment, which even now to Insecure, like I think, you know, I just always felt like, and maybe this was, I don't know. I mean, I just always believed that my, the way that I tell stories in my music and the way that Issa tells stories in her show, I always felt like it was parallel in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, even her saying Awkward Black Girl kind of made me feel like seen. I'm not an awkward black girl, but just being black and feeling like I'm awkward is just not something that before she said it was said a lot. Uh -huh. And even now when you say it, black people still will say, oh, you're not awkward, but like, you can't tell me that. Right, <laughs> you right. You don't know my experience. Uh -huh. um, only someone who knows that experience can say it. And mm -hmm. so Issa saying it was like, wow, like I really relate to her. And so when I met her that day, I told her about the song and she was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, send it to me, da, 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 da. Um, 
and I sent it to her. I had not just been sending her stuff over the years, of course. Um, you know, she's Issa Rae and she mm-hmm. was growing and like, it wasn't really no response, but I am, one thing about me when I want something, I'm not going to stop until I get it. Mm-hmm. And that can be a good or a bad thing at times. Um, <laughs> but in this case, it was a good thing um, because I just was consistent in um, reaching out to her team when I released stuff or I would just be posting stuff on Instagram. Like I would post a video of Insecure with my song in the background. And as I expected, it was super fitting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like I did one one time with her and Lawrence with the song that I did with Crayon called I Almost Cried. Um, it was a beautiful song and it was super fitting. Um, but over time, like I just, you know, kept shooting my shots. And again, like you said, feeling defeated sometimes. Like it was a consistent, like, this ain't really working, but you doing it, my nigga. And so when it did come back around and it wasn't even like at some point I had began communicating with her because you know she began, she started a label. I started communicating with her label um at the end of 2018. And we actually had a couple of conversations. Um, but then Corona happened and everything just kind of, you know, faded away. And, um, at the same time though, I had submit an album, which is, which now is known as the sons of the James project, but I had submit an album that I created with a guy, DJ Harrison out of Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I said, I submitted to Fresh Elect's label, which is an indie label out of Portland. Uh, Shout out to Kenny. Um, and at the time they were pushing Sir, who, you know, now is like all down with TDE and all of that. Uh-huh. And so even then before all of that, I was just like, based off his sound, I knew that they were, this was a place that I could trust with my music if they would be interested. Right. And they were. Um, so, but I sent them the project in 2015 and we've kind of like been back and forth for quite some time. Um, but in the meantime, I guess Issa's people had reached out to them on a completely separate thing, not even knowing that I was connected there. Um, And they reached out for them asking for a folder of music and my music was there and they chose that. And so now um, it was on the song, our song, uh, Things I Should Have Said, which is featuring Georgia Ammo Dro, who um, she's incredible. She has written and produced for some of your faves, Erica Badu and Bilal and the Sara Collective Mm. and like all those people, Uh, what you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but so it's things I should have said, and it was on, on the Loki trying episode, um, the episode one in Emmy, it's all really, really cool. Um, even though life is crap, like sometimes it's just cool to watch the episode and be like, this is really dope, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and life isn't crap. I'm just dramatic, no, I'm <laughs> but no, no, I'm no. also a cancer, so you know, gay, gay. Speaking of gay religion. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> we're, we're seeing a, a lot more openly queer Black artists in the music landscape now than ever before. So how do you express your queerness in your music? And has that been something you've had to struggle with in finding your sound? Um, to be honest, I think that what's most important in music is authenticity. Um, And so I never struggle with expressing anything because I feel like what I'm supposed to express is what comes out. Um, I don't try to, I'm a, it's awkward because I'm a private person, you know? And Mm -hmm. so like, if, if I was in a 
And I hate I hate when people like say like if if it was a horse, but like if I was in a relationship with an animal, I wouldn't tell anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, mean, I don't think um, anyone who's <laughs> in relationships with animals tells anybody. It's just kind of like yeah. I mean yeah. yes, but you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> so for me. Oh wow! For me, it's kind of difficult because I don't like. I I would never publicize my my private life, um, and so the best that I can do is express it in my music, um, and I just think that expressing expressing who I am in my music, and singing my story and writing my stories the way that I do, um, and just showing the world through my view is is the authenticity that I can give. Um, mm -hmm. And I am, I'm, I'm grateful for people like, uh, like Duran Bernard and like Warren DeMoss mm -hmm. and like freaking, I mean, just be slayed and like people who are brave and bold and who are a hundred percent themselves in the light. I'm grateful for people like that. I really am. Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and switch gears just a to little some bit. more fun stuff. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. yes, I like so, fun because I feel yeah. like it's probably y'all most boring interview. <laughs> Stop, it. Stop it! What? No, no. it was nah, no, not at all. No, no, no. Um, what are what were some of your favorite Saturday morning cartoons? You know, when you were little, sitting with a bowl of Fruit Loops or whatever the hell. Or last so week. So I used to be. <laughs> I mean, right, true because right. I, I still week. very much yeah. um, I still very much watch cartoons. I am a child in an adult body um, okay. with an adult mind though, okay? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, Doug used to be my favorite. Um, I loved Recess. I loved As Told by Ginger. Um, I loved Daria, even though it's a little bit, it's kind of like a grown-up cartoon a little bit, but I always, mm. it was always my thing. Um, yeah. I mean, the list goes on. I'll be watching Disney Channel shows still to this day. You know, it's yeah. still um, that's so Raven to the death of me. No, um, I swear. <laughs> it's I swear. still the Proud Family still gets me right. You know, it's coming back. That soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I really like. I have never shied away from from like watching cartoons or even just shows that are more centered to children because I feel like real life be too heavy and then yeah. we go to watch these shows and these shows be heavy and i just be wanting to like relax yeah. <laughs> like yeah i want to go and and you know there's space for heavy shows but sometimes i just want to watch jesse <laughs> like i'm just yeah. being uh -huh. honest yeah. sometimes i just need that in the background while i'm just like relaxing yeah awesome. did you prefer the awesome. nick doug or the disney channel doug um oh you not know, disney channel. i didn't oh, lord or like you know think, like abc whatever <laughs> i didn't think that i i didn't think that there was like a big difference until mm -hmm. the disney app the disney app came out mm -hmm. and i tried to watch that doug up there <laughs> it don't hit right wait <laughs> i was like this is i don't this isn't doug this the animation is, doug, is different like, it's a little so ain't yeah. right yeah yeah. With the little sister. Did y'all see the Hey Arnold movie? That's random. I'm sorry, but I did. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Enjoyed it. It was. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But yeah. me, too. I'm glad, me too. Yeah, I'm glad that they they brought all the characters back. When I I felt like yeah. they they tried to squeeze a lot into like the movie because like there was like yeah. there were like it was just like you. I, 
I just didn't get a chance to breathe, and I was like, oh, callback, callback joke, callback mm. joke, callback joke. Like, since it was definitely out, like we've been gone for a long time, so yeah. we're gonna just Ugh. we're gonna give you everything. This is what everybody was doing. Right, <laughs> like, right, like, right. Please yeah. pick us up for a series. Yes. <laughs> we're starving. Also, if it, I don't know if y'all seen the Dora movie, but it's it's hilarious to me. Wait, like Dora the Explorer? They uh, have like a live action uh, Dora movie. Oh, Baby he- the Bob. Okay. I enjoy it. <laughs> I think the saddest part to me was uh, like Diego's hair. Diego's hair was oh so flat. Gosh. Like, what do they do? And he looked so sad. It was so much. It was so much. This sounds but I terrible. Also, that's also something that I feel like a guilty pleasure of mine is watching stuff that I know is terrible, but like I really <laughs> enjoy it. Like really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so you know, we love to talk food uh on this show. So what are some of your favorite brunch spots and or like brunch foods that you like to eat? Because you in Atlanta, right? I know they in got some Atlanta, good stuff down there. The I'm beaches. in Atlanta, but I'm not like Atlanta mixy. Like I don't really okay. be around. Um, I feel like I I really don't be around like that, but um I feel like there was a spot I used to like that I think is closed now called um Front Page News. Okay. I enjoyed their brunch, but I think they're gone. Uh rest in peace. Was it because um, of Corona? Cornova? I'm, I don't Not remember Cornova. if it was before the panoramic or after, <laughs> but I know they're gone. So uh, um, but to, to be honest. Uh, you know, my favorite thing in Atlanta is wings. And if it's a brunch, if it's breakfast, if it's dinner, if you give me a little lemon pepper, it's all right with God. Everything is. Do you, do you, we're quite all right. Lemon pepper wet. Do you prefer lemon pepper wet or the dry rub? I like lemon pepper wet, but see what happened was, ghetto. (laughs) um, I had actually went to this gas station by my house because I live hood adjacent um, and I had went to the gas station and they had wings and normally I wouldn't really eat no food from there from no gas station but the wings over there were so good and what they used to do was mix the lemon pepper wet with hot for me and they don't do that everywhere and so those were like my favorite and I thought like when everybody would be talking about lemon pepper wet I thought that was what they was talking about but really the lady was just giving me a hookup that probably nobody know about right <laughs> so but yeah yeah that's my favorite the mix I of the to, high and the lemon pepper wet is I amazing. love that I used yeah. to get the best food from gas stations my lord um, see I used to make fun of my sister because of it because my sister will eat like 7-Eleven hot dogs and I'd be okay, like see, girl do that. you love yourself <laughs> I, used yeah, to, no. I used to live off uh, gas station hot dogs like, especially no, when I worked I at Circle eat. K making seven eighty five an hour oh, oh, dark days we've all been throwing oh wow we're <laughs> Uh, this this is a lot of fun, but we're oh, yeah. we're, we're at our last question. We're at the end. Yeah, we, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm gonna let Dre Dre um do it. All right, to wrap it up, what words of wisdom do you have for a young R and B artist coming up in the game? Like, you know, let them know. Words of wisdom, I would say um, one. Nobody, and this is not just for artists, anything, just in general. Nobody knows what they're doing. Um, this is something that I have learned in the process of all of this. Um, I have looked up to so many people and not to negate their work or to negate their knowledge, but we are literally all trying to figure this out. Um, and so from the top 
from the top of the industry to the bottom, everybody is trying to figure it out. Even before the panoramic, you know what I'm saying? With the digital music and everything like that, while it has been, you would think we've had this for almost two decades now, like the industry would be accustomed to it, but they're not. And so everybody is trying to figure out how to be seen and heard right now. So don't allow anybody to make you feel like you don't know um, because none of us know. Hey, Mm -hmm. so there's that. Um, (laughs) But also don't, also don't be afraid of gaining knowledge from other people. Don't be afraid of allowing people to teach you and to help you. Don't, because I think a lot of times we get in the space where we do feel like we know everything. So no, nobody nobody knows what they're doing, but you also don't know everything. So you just have to have a really good balance of being open and um, just being open to whatever God has for you or whatever power, higher power you believe in, whatever the universe has for you. You have to be open to that. Um, and also be open to, be open to, and you're creating, um, just be open. Don't allow like what you think need, what you think you need to sound like, or what you, what I, what can I do to sound, to get on the radio and stuff like that. Create as freely as possible, literally write the stories of your life. Um, because to me, that's where the magic is. The magic is when you are not trying to, not trying to be anything, but just being yourself. Um, comfortable Sunday morning, the music from cousin, like none of that is me trying to be anybody. It's really me trying to tell, show the world how I see things. It's me trying to tell my story the way that I, that I know how. And I think that that is what, that's what the key is. The key is not, um, and and I'm not saying be oblivious and don't, don't um, follow the standards and don't post on Instagram and don't promote yourself and da, 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 da. do whatever is like, do whatever fits for you. Mm. Um, because a lot of times we're trying to fit in the mold that was created for a different artist. That's not your mold. Like you're not that artist. You're not Beyonce. You're also not Summer Walker. You are you. So you have to do what will work for you. And right. honestly, nobody knows what will work for you, but you. Mm-hmm. Um, And it also comes with, again, being willing to accept defeat sometimes, Um, being willing, being willing and being able to say, this sucks, I'm experiencing rejection, but guess what, I'm gonna pick this shit up and keep it moving, because I'm not always going to be experiencing rejection. And there is going to be rejection, there's going to be exception, there's going to be I love what you do. There's going to be, I am completely uninterested. And you have to be able to accept all of that and realize that it's a part of your journey. And mm-hmm. um, I think that once you're able to do that, and it's a fight, <laughs> it's a struggle, it's yeah. an everyday thing. Like every morning you wake up, it's something you got to fight with. Like, okay, am I today going to sulk and and be upset about this that didn't work out or that that didn't work out sure okay well i'll take this day but don't stay there like be able to be able to pick yourself up and say i still have purpose i'm still here and i'm still supposed to be doing this and i'm going to keep doing this until the wheels fall off and then when they fall off i'm gonna put them back on and i'm gonna figure out how to do it again yes Um, my my biggest advice is literally always never give up because every time i think about 
the amount of times and the different times that I wanted to give up, I think about the fact that I wouldn't have reached the next thing that I got. Like I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have gotten a call to go to Sweden and to perform my stay EP if I gave up when I was recording stay and I was in the studio and the microphone was broken. So I had to turn the microphone around backwards and I recorded the song through the back of the microphone. But oh. if, when all of that, when all of that was happening, if I was like, bruh, I'm done, you <laughs> like uh-huh. wrap it up, I'm yeah. going home, give it up, this is too much. I wouldn't have gotten that next thing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. There have been times when I have released music and nobody, nobody cared. Mm-hmm. And I had to just, all right, cool. It's still my, it's it's mine. These are my children. And I'm still gonna show them off. When you see me, I'm gonna ask you, did you see the picture of my kids? Did you see, <laughs> did you see my song on Apple Music? Oh, you Pull saw the wallet out. Pull the wallet out. Oh, Here's my wallet. Here's the link as well. Um, and you just keep going, like just if 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 you don't take anything else from me, um, because another thing about me is that I don't think that I'm perfect. I don't think that I know everything. I don't think that everything that I say is Bible. But if if you don't take nothing else from me, from my words and from my life, take this. Never give up. I swear to God, like never give up. Awesome. Um, because awesome. that that is that's that's what. That's where the victory is when you when you don't get up, give up, and you continue to keep going and you continue to keep fighting, and um, it'll be worth it. I promise. Rob, thank you Amen. so much. Thank you so much for sitting with us. Uh, where can thanks the for people having find? me. Thank you, thank you. Uh, where can the yes. people find you? People can find me on Twitter at the Rob Milton, um, but that's only if you Twitter family. Like if you don't usually be on Twitter, <laughs> don't follow me. My cousins have been coming trying to follow me lately, and I'm oh, like, listen, no, listen, stop. Um, but you know I love you, but you know, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the Rob Milton. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the Rob Milton. You can find me on Apple Music, um, Spotify. Spotify made a this is Rob Milton playlist, like a Spotify Ooh. sponsored, like with the little three lines wow. on. It. Okay. I don't even know. I don't even know when they did it. I don't know how. I, I'm really confused. <laughs> but again, um, at the end of the day, like what is for me is for me. And so I got it because yes. God wanted me to have it. And there it is. So you can also find that. Uh, this is Rob Milton Players, which does have the Sons of the James records on it. Um, it has Love Games and a bunch of other stuff. I got a bunch of stuff coming. Um, I have... The Sons of the James album comes out on November 19th with myself and DJ Harrison on Fresh Elects. Um, so you want to get that. And then I actually um, have a single. Uh, so, you know, B Slade uh, is one of my favorite artists ever in the whole entire mm-hmm. world. One of my favorite, if not my absolute favorite singer ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was on my EP. Uh, he was on an interlude, which is crazy uh, because he's somebody else whose music I have studied. Like his, I, I his albums are like, I have an album of his for each season. Like in the fall, I listen to um, the London Letters. Um, you know, it's just, it just, I could go on for days, but so he, <laughs> him being on my EP was really dope. Um, but actually he also is on another song that was supposed to be on my EP. It's called End. And it kind of wraps up. It's kind of like the end of, I guess, a story, if you want, if you will, of the story of that EP. Um, so I have that that's going to drop um, too before the year ends because it just feels right. And it's also just incredible to have his voice like singing my words. God is, it's, it's crazy. Um, Love it. So yeah. 
Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, uh, we are going to take a quick break to pay some bills. Not really, because we make no money off this show. Not, I mean, that's a lie. That's a not lie. yet. Not not enough to make oh, okay. not enough to pay bills, but we do make money. Okay, enough, but... and there will be more. Yes, <laughs> thank you. We speak sponsors in the name, you know. Yes, yeah, work working on it. In right. Kamala's America, there will be sponsors for the yes. podcast. <laughs> Mala, Mala. Thank you. Mama say, Mama sa, Kamala sa. Oh, wow. <laughs> the fact that this country was literally like partying in every city, like every, CNN was going to every city and it was a marching band in every city. I'm like, where are these bands? That's why like, they drum line. Like hands across <laughs> America. Like, what? Where did, what, right. what happened? <laughs> Niggas we were ready. All right, we will be right back. And we are back, and it is now time for the sample platter. Um, this week, uh, we got a boss lady playlist because, like, uh, Miss Kamala is vice president, like the first black woman to become a vice president. So I thought that you know we would uh, drop some some boss lady tunes on y'all. So I'm, I'm gonna let Dre go first. I thought she was going first. Okay, that's fine. All right, wait, are you? No, okay, I'll go first. All right, so my song, my first song is um, from one of the ultimate boss ladies, um, Janet Jackson. And um, <clears throat> the song that I am playing is the song that um, basically kind of, so, you know, that the, the, this song for me and for a lot of people just, catapulted her out of her brother Michael's shadow. It was when she was going to take the reins of her own career and not let anybody else and her life and not anybody else um, you know, dictate that for her. And you know, the song is aptly named Control. I 
yo, J- Janet is a legend. Like it, amazing. Like I, I love, I like, I, I love like late eighties, nineties Janet Jackson. Like she just, um, she's the blueprint for a lot of people. Um, so many of these current artists would not be here. Janet did not do what she did. Period. Um, like even the concept of eras, like eras for me was Jan- like Janet, like the control era, then the then the Janet era, then the velvet rope era. Like Janet had eras like that had you be like, oh wait, this is Janet. She completely different. Yeah, the, she had the, 20 white. Like, oh, hold up. The wait, Tyler wait, Perry on. era. <laughs> come on, come right, on. Let's, um, let, let's relax. But no, I'm joking. <laughs> well, kinda. But no, like she re- like when she released control, she was saying that like She's in, like she's in control. She's like Five, she's gonna do four, what she wants. Three, two, one. The, right. It's the it's the countdown for me. <laughs> yes, and like even, all the songs on there were you know definitely um, saying the same thing. Like this is her life. She's gonna do what she wants. Like what have you done for me lately? She's telling nigga, yo, like what? Like what do you? Like what she? Like, come on, son. Like she was talking about the pleasure principle. Like come on. Like you cannot tell me. You cannot tell me that, like, and like, how old was she when she released that? Old enough. Um, she was <laughs> like, she. I think she was like eighteen, maybe. But like, I'm just sitting there, like, yo, like, no, she was like twenty. But like, I was like, yo, like, she was a real young woman, and she knew exactly how she wanted her life to go. Like, she grew up a Jehovah's Witness, a witness. You know, her family was really, really, really strict. And at that time, she was like, yo, I'm a boss. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, I know Michael's my brother. He's a big star. But guess what, bitch? I'm also Janet Demita Joe motherfucking Jackson. And I know what I want. Like, I just can't speak good enough. Like, I just love her. Yeah. So awesome. glad. So glad. Awesome. She's awesome. So uh, my song, my, my first song um, is from a, a little group called Fifth Harmony. Or as, as I like to call them, Normani and the Harmonies, because that's exactly what they were. Are <laughs> so this episode, or excuse me, this song is called Boss, like Boss, but with the S's spelled with with the money symbol for both of them. Um, yeah, just everything about it is just like it, it. It's it smacks, it hits, it slaps, it punches, it it bruises. Like it just does everything. It's like every everything, just all the good things. Like they 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 the hook name drops Michelle Obama, Oprah, just you know, if you know, just like very very like powerful women like doing like dope ass things. And yeah, yeah, I fucking love it. So here here is uh, Normani and the Harmonies. With balls. Harmony with Boss. 
Michelle Obama, make out bread dollars. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's cute. It's cute. It's cute. It needs to make a comeback. But yeah. Uh, um, okay. The, the next, the next two songs, um, we were, yeah, we're. We just felt like it, it, it wouldn't be right if we didn't end it's with Beyonce. Like, it's appropriate. Just. Uh, it's very. Queen Mada. Queen Mada. Like, just yeah, just, uh, just All right. so, so yeah, the song ahead. that I have is called well. So just you know a quick uh, preface of this. Um, so before Beyonce released um, self titled right, uh, which everybody knows was the the surprise album December two thousand thirteen, um, she released a song called grown woman and in that so that song was um was it wait yeah it was like earlier that year wait is it anyway i can't remember the time but it was before that but and we were like yo girl what's going on like what when are the songs being released da, da, da. like we were like you know we were in the beyonce drought for real like what's going on and when that song released i remember saying like yo um this shit like it's fire beyonce is really saying that like she's about her shit anyway we'll talk about that when we come back so this is grown woman by beyonce I was like, oh, like the, that, like the motherland, like jumped out. There was like, that was like, Bro. it was a precursor to like Black is King. It was like little, little tease saying like Black is King was coming, but like, Bro. yeah, she hit the like the. I was like, I was like, ooh, I was like, oh wow, I was like, I, like, I, I, I want to beat some fufu to this shit. <laughs> like, make some soup. I think like that, that along. Well, she she released this along with like Standing with the Sun around the same time, but Grown Woman was like a really. Um, like a boss ass song, like she's like you know, and it really went well with the theme of her self title album. Like uh-huh. she was like, I'm a grown woman, I could do whatever I want, I could be fast if I want, I could go all night long, right? Um, and she was just basically asserting her independence. And what happened? And what happened was like, I think around before that, or around that time, she had fired her father Matthew as her manager, and so okay. like, she was really stepping to her own as like her own grown woman is like she was saying literally she could do whatever she wants because before that you know matthew had a heavy hand in her career um but yeah mm-hmm. i really love how assertive she was and even if y'all look at the music video like look every look here's the thing if you 
<laughs> Look, I can't tell you how many gay black boys got their life listening to that song while, while and the commercial. I think it was like a Pepsi Listen. commercial. Like where, yes. where she's like yes. where she's like dance battling like different eras yes, of herself. herself. Right. No. Beyonce fed the gays for so long. I don't love it. But um, yeah, so amazing. Love her for that. Love it. And then we're gonna finish on another Beyonce song. Um song I have is also called Boss. <laughs> uh, two boss songs. Um it's um it's beyond like it it says like on the album it's like the Carters, but it's 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 a Beyonce song featuring Jay-Z. Let's let's just be clear about that. So here is um the the Knowles with Boss. But my mama whip My great-great-grandchildren already rich That's a lot of brown turn on your Forbes list Frolicking around my compound on my fortress Oh, I be riding around with my seat reclining Dropping my daughter off at school every morning We slamming car doors I be trolling on these bum whores You ain't talking about nothing, I ain't got no time All right, that it that was the Carters with Boss. Like it's just like it's a it's a vibe. It's just very chill, very like swagger. You know, it's like yeah, just like like mom like like moms can get behind it. Like young people can get behind it. It's just like you know she's talking she's talking about like picking her or taking her daughter to to school or picking her up and like you know slamming car doors. (laughs) She said you. Bum whores. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Shit. It's like, yeah, so many great moments. You're like, yeah, uh, my my great great grand grandkids like already rich. Like, bruh, that's a lot of brown it's... children on your Forbes list. I I think I'm one of the the few people who really think well, not few, but like real high, really like. Um, that album that the Carters released was a fucking masterpiece. Amazing. And that's honestly one of my favorite songs on there. So, yeah. Have you ever seen the crowd go ape shit? <laughs> oh, God. That, that song deserves more. That's her, that song deserves so much more. I won't that's all I'm gonna say. Like, I love when um that 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 uh that time when Dua Lipa tweeted out like Beyonce is my favorite rapper. I was like, yeah. Did she? <laughs> yeah, Dua Lipa was like, Beyonce is my okay. favorite rapper. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's legit rapping better than Jay on this song. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, look, facts were told. So that's that. Um, facts. Yeah. All right. Um, so that wraps up the sample platter. We are going to take one final break and we will be right back. All right. And 
we are back and now it's time to scrape the plate um i'm gonna go first so dave chappelle was on snl um this weekend and i know a lot of people are excited because like not, not not only was he on snl his um his show that like everybody knows him from like Chappelle's show from the early 2000s released on netflix a couple days ago so people you know people can get their chuckles um back in from back in the day until now um you know i i will and and i'm, I'm saying this as like a, a like a long time like dave Chappelle fan like literally like every single one of his sketches like made me bust out laughing um but yeah it's just something things about about his about his stand-up about his comedy that he refuses to properly address um that i i would like to i would like to talk about um today so and and the, yeah this is specifically about the very very hurtful like transphobic jokes that he made like on on his like in in his specials like in, in his like stand-up um even though like people like he's been told by several several trans people like that this shit is hurtful but um this motherfucker you know he he tried to defend it by saying like um he had a trans friend that um that like read over the jokes and it, it made it made her laugh so you know why why can't why can't he tell these jokes um um that that woman was an activist and comedian like Daphne Dorman and she passed away last year like because, like she um um yeah she took her own life so um like weeks after um she got a shout out from Dave Chappelle in Netflix's Sticks and Stones um yeah week, weeks after she she um passed she passed away um it was like wildly panned the six and stones special yeah it, it like damn near every single critic was like what the fuck yo like this like it was just like not not only like transphobic like just like um defending um hold on yeah like defending abusers and shit but like <sighs> anyway so dave Chappelle spoke about his friendship with the with um miss dorman um, and he said that she was like, quote unquote, laughing the hardest at his jokes, but like, ugh, my God. So I, so I would like to say, yes, comedy is meant to push boundaries by criticizing various aspects of life. However, comics have a responsibility to hold themselves accountable for contributing to a toxic environment that consistently targets the marginalized. Yes, jokes can be made about race, gender, sexual orientation, and the like, but these jokes hold no weight if told by someone who holds privileges over the people they're joking about. Dave Chappelle is a straight, cisgender male. Daphne Dorman was a trans woman. Not only did she face discrimination as a woman, but also a trans woman. Like, comedy is supposed to punch up to power. Comedy is supposed to punch up, not down, to the marginalized. Like, the like the Supreme Court, like, like, like when, when I wrote, when I wrote this, like, um, this response to, to to what had happened like originally the like the Supreme Court was still debating over whether like gay and trans people are covered by Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which bars employers from discriminating against employees on the basis of sex as well as race, color, national origin, and religion. The humanity of queer and trans people is still being debated, 
So it's irresponsible for cisgender heterosexual people who've long since had the right to exist as human beings, like to make jokes about the people that do not like from their pedestal of privilege. Yeah. Like Dave Chappelle has been criticized time and time again that he has no business making money off the broken backs of queer and trans people. Like, but like he dug right back into his cishet privilege. Like he dug right back into his toxic masculinity and continued to make jokes at the expense of people who still don't have the right to be protected as people. You know, basically he did absolutely nothing to help make the world an easier place for people like her to live in. Like what he and everyone needs to understand is that they have freedom of speech, but not freedom from consequence. Like people are screaming for help and like your, your jokes really are not helping. Like it, it should not take a trans person dying like for him to wake up and start being a more responsible human being. But if this doesn't wake him up, then like really nothing will. So clear, clearly not, because he hasn't apologized yet. Like I'm just, I'm sick and tired of the marginalized being trampled on and people who contribute to the toxic environment constantly just shrugging their shoulders and just like wiping their hands clean of any wrongdoing. Like the world changes. So the content we produce needs to change with it. If you can't make a decent joke without stepping on someone who still begs for rights you take for granted, then you really have no business on stage. And like, I don't give a fuck about like, nigga, I'm like, I'm, I'm black, I'm this, that, like you're, you're rich. Like, yes, you're black, but like, you're also very, very rich. Like, so let's not, let, let, let's, let's not do that. So like j just a heads up for people who are like, oh my God, he snapped on SNL. It was so funny. This, this, this. I'm like, no, this, this motherfucker is like still an active transphobe. He like, he does, he, he doesn't give a shit. It's just about a goddamn joke. And it's just like, that, like, and some of this, which sucks because he's one of the most, um, he's one, like, he's a black comic that is just very, very like to the point. He's very like cutthroat when it comes to like issues about race, but he's, he's also coming from like a straight male standpoint and he refuses to listen, he refuses to learn. So just, just a heads up, like Dave Chappelle is still a transphobe. So I, 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 I couldn't bring myself to watch that episode of SNL or yeah, and I, I, and I, I don't think I'll be watching um, Chappelle's show. And it's like, even though like, yeah, they like the sketches did make me laugh. And yeah, we, we it, it did like build, you know, it did influence a lot of like, like comics from, from, you know, from that era. So there's that. There is that. Moving right along, we're just gonna have have an um, like a quick open discussion about um, like the the election results. So I'm I'm gonna let Dre go first. Oh, you go first. You go ahead. All right. So so a lot of people are like I, I was I was downtown and like I, I it it was nice seeing everybody like so very very happy. Um, I, I was I was um, yeah I was down I was downtown. Um, like people were like, you know, honking horns and like riding like the, the, the little hoverboards or whatever and like beeping horns and like people when like there was, um, there was a bunch of white girls like in a pickup truck, like with one like leaning out the window with a giant like Black Lives Matter sign. They, they're probably looking for black dick. I'm not, I'm not even gonna, not even gonna hold them, but it's, it's, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was great seeing everybody happy, but then just, it, it was just something that just really like, hit me like I'm, I was walking home you know people are, are still like high off of um the first black woman 
to be vice president, to be a president of the United States, any type of president of the United States. And like I, I, I walked, I walked by, I think, two homeless black women. So, and pe people, and I, I hear, I hear from people who have the privilege of celebrating that, like, yeah, finally things can go back to normal. Um, things have not been normal. And I want, I'd like to say things have not been normal for a long time, but yeah, no, like things have just not been normal. Like, like systemic racism is still, is still live and kicking. It didn't go anywhere just because two new figureheads of the United States got elected. Like, they, like they, there's still a lot, there's still a lot we need, we need to do. Like pe people are still dying of the coronavirus. Like, like people are still like getting kicked out of their homes. People are still like, on the street so we need to be like we need to keep this momentum going like it, it's great that we we got like we we tossed like the fast the fascism but there's still like straight up racism that's like still here as like like jabuki tweeted that like the racism in america has been dialed back to get out so <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's that's it's pretty accurate but um i just yeah just want to like just kind of remind people that literally half of the country vote still voted for a fucking like racist bigot like homophobe transphobe like all type of the phobes so like there's still half of america that fucking hates marginalized people and will not stop until that shit like like they until uh, yeah um, until they like what push us all the way the fuck out um which is not gonna happen because yeah but we just need to be, we need to keep this momentum going. Like this, like this is on, this is only the beginning, because like like there's like white people like voted blue, mainly because I mean actually you know what no I'm not I'm not even gonna do that like it was like it was the efforts of black and brown like organizers and politicians who even like got Biden to the White House because his platform was a, like like two pieces of loose leaf paper in a manila folder like at scale like it was, it was literally just like i'm gonna beat the crap out of him i'm just gonna do xyz it's not 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 yeah just like he wasn't really about something he was just running on the platform that he would beat trump and now that he's in office like we really need to be vigilant. We we need we really need to press like these these Democrats, these liberals to actually like um, enact laws that actually help um, the marginalized, help Black and Brown communities, help queer people, help Black trans people. Like keep like keep keep being involved. Like because the minute we get complacent, the minute like the like the pen pendulum like swings all the way back. So. Yeah, um, that's all I had to say about it. So, Dre, what you got? Um, white women, y'all have nothing to celebrate. Y'all points went up. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I saw so many of y'all celebrating in the streets. Um, the only thing I need to do, I need to see y'all doing is throwing a pie in Meemaw's face this Thanksgiving um, because she decided that she went to vote for Trump. Listen. Stop celebrating. Y'all got work to do cut it out the fact that white women's numbers went up and white men's numbers went down went is wild up. went 
up. It's like y'all took us saying 53% of white women voted for Trump as a challenge. You're so being said, mean. We're going to do better next mean. time. You're being mean. Right. You know what? Fine. We're going to vote for him again. <laughs> like, what? Like, y'all, like, to, to have so many white women over the last couple of years saying, oh my God, like saying shit like, Karen is a slur. And, oh my God, we're so oppressed. And oh my God, white men are doing so much. And, oh my God, white men are controlling us. For y'all to ain't nobody, and, Ain't nobody killing Karens for being white. Listen, listen. Nobody. For y'all to be bitching about that so, so loudly. And then to go and up your numbers this year. Like the math ain't mathin'. Some may some may working, and I just want to. Actually, I don't want to know. Figure it out, y'all. Figure it out yourself. Leave us out of it, cause y'all. Anyway, look. I. Whew, when I saw them numbers of white women going up, I said, "Y'all have lost it." Because. <laughs> whew, say one thing with your mouth, do another thing at the polls. Got it, girl. Understood. Figured it out. You don't have to say shit else. Um. So I think that was my biggest gripe with the election is like, y'all are really out, like for real, for real, if it was not for black folks doing the work on the ground, in the community. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. The, 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 she mentioned a whole bunch of other like black women. And, for me, like, she should have been on the uh, organization. Look. Like, okay. but, um, but, you, but you know how the way colorism works. Yeah, of course. Um, and fat phobia, of course. But yeah. like the fact that you know, you know, it's funny because every year black folks get blamed for like if if the if the election doesn't turn out the way white progressives want, white progressives want. And this year, the reason why Biden won the White House, White House was because of black people. Black people in Philly, in fucking um, in fucking uh. Uh, what's that place? What's that place? Anyway, black the black district that place in too. each mm-hmm. state, the, all them places. The black the black districts in each state, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, nigga, Detroit turned it, bitch. What are y'all talking about? Milwaukee turned it, bitch. The places where black folks are heaviest is the reason why those states turn blue because we went out because we went out and did it because we voted. That's the reason why Biden's in this White House. So stop blaming black folks. The fact that I saw so many people being like, oh, maybe it's not the the, the, the amount of black folks that, that voted this year. Maybe it's not about them being lazy. Maybe it's about um, voter suppression. Bitch, you've been saying that for years. Fuck is wrong with you? Like y'all, y'all hate listening to us. Y'all hate listening to us. The biggest thing that I got from this election is that white folks hate to listen to us. And we do what we need to do always. Yeah, we have like, work to do. Yeah. We have so much work to do, and AOC like we said it yeah, perfectly. Yeah, we didn't like black people mobilizing like votes to like get Biden elected. Elected. Right. This wasn't e- like we should. It was have about even, getting him. Out we of shouldn't have even had to do, have to do that. It should have been. Right. It should have been white people like talking to they fucking racist friends, racist cousins, Hello. racist racist memaws. <laughs> racist uncles, ra- racist uh, stepbrothers to be like, hey, stop being a shitty person. But no, black people got to nope. do the fucking work. You we refuse. always got to do more than y'all. We refuse. We all, you even though we're less. And right, even though I, we're the minorities, we're doing more, like, always. Sit them down at the goddamn table. 
like 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 fix them some fucking like meatloaf and potato sticks and their favorite dish, <laughs> some fucking alcohol, and be like, okay, let's talk. Why you know do you why do you want why 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 do you want black people to die? But here's the thing. But no, that may not that. But that's the thing. The the conversation may not have changed it. But the fact is, we'll never know because y'all bitches ain't even talking. So what you so we'll never yeah. know. We'll never and, know. Yeah, because y'all don't even talk to them. And you know, scientifically, sci- scientifically, um, when 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 someone is presented with new information that goes mm-hmm. against their um their personal beliefs. They're more yeah. likely to double down on their beliefs, and the only way to change their mind is to constantly expose them to different information. Like this is mm-hmm. this is important. Like mm-hmm. people's lives are in jeopardy. So yeah. like white people, if you really want to make a change, you need to keep like it's not like one conversation at Thanksgiving is not going to do it. You need to stay no. on your relatives' necks, mm-hmm. stay on them constantly. Yeah. Like this is yeah. like. This is your like cross, cross to bear. To bear, yeah. Like keep like bear the cross, so it doesn't end up like flaming on our fucking lawns. Exactly. So yeah. So I'm just I'm just glad that like black folks saw you know like regardless of like because you know we all have our feelings about Biden, but the fact is most of us really just we need to get this nigga out the White House. That's basically what we were voting for. A lot of us, like, uh-huh. get him out of the White House. Because mm-hmm. when it came down to it, his policies were affecting marginalized people the most. The they most. just were. They like they just were like like literally, they said that they were about like no, I'm sorry, Louisiana just voted to make abortion in in most cases illegal. I think just mm-hmm. voted. Like y'all think of that nigga stayed in the four four more years that abortion wouldn't be a, a fucking about like like illegal across the U.S. Hmm. Like I don't know, maybe it, it might be still because you know we got that person in the Supreme Court. But the fact is, like this man was making policies and moves that would affect queer folks, trans folks, black folks, uh, um, indigenous Lat- folks, like indigenous folks, Lat- Latinx folks. Like he was doing that. So the fact is that black folks saw. Even though, like, we're like, yo, the American empire is garbage, and like, for real, for real, uh, any type of president is just garbage, no matter what. We saw that we could not, um, we could not, we could not leave our brothers and sisters who were and 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 siblings, our siblings who were most uh marginalized out there to die like this. We just couldn't, so we had to get them out, and I just I just want to express my extreme love for how black folks get together and how we, because this, because the thing about it is that the, the basis of community organizing is the framework was laid by queer and trans black folks, period. We created the framework for all of the grassroots organizations and how they operate today. We just did like this is how they they operate based on our framework. So I just want to I want to I want to talk about my extreme love for Black folks specifically, Black queer and trans folks for laying laying you know laying it out for everybody else to take a you know take mm-hmm. take take it from. So yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, one more one one more like little like small thing. So mm-hmm. me and my friends were at, were at a bar and we were, we were watching the speech. Um, like Kamala was was speaking. And like there was this one dude, I think he he said he was black, so like, but he was really really light skinned, so like he looked like white passing. So all right, all right, whatever. But like, um, first off, uh, me and my friends we were chilling. We were like, like before the speech came on, like this dude just like kind of 
saunters over to our table while we're talking about like the politics, whatever this, that, and the third. And he's like talk, talking about he's talking about like like Kamala and her policies. And like we we know we under we understand we 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 understand that she she has a very flawed history. But like we're just we're just kind of like living in the moment and just like and the fact that he was with like a group of like like black women. Like I, I understand like she like like she's problematic in some ways, but like for, for black women, like black women are, are the most marginalized people like worldwide spent and especially here in, in America. So like seeing a seeing a black woman like in power, like lead leading America, like it uh, it, it it's a symbol of strength for them. Like my my aunt, like I, I was I was raised uh, like like my my aunt's an AKA. So like I, I was I was raised by AKA, like like partially. Um uh, yeah, like like I've I've been to like a bunch of AKA events and just like yeah, a lot of like strong black women, you know, um, organizing like put like putting together um, what events to you know to support each other, um, and just like them seeing Kamala, like I I I understand I understand like like why they feel, they have such a, such an emotional like pull and. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my my comments to myself for for like for, for the time being because like when when Kamala was speaking, um, this dude like would not shut up, and I was like yeah, there's like spitting like like fact twice and shit. I'm like bro, there are black women in the room who would like to listen to this woman because like it's it, this means a lot for them. So like, can you shut the fuck up for two seconds? Like I need y'all to. Like where you you can you can hold multiple thoughts about about Kamala is is what is what I'm trying to say and um yeah like the yes you, I'm I'm not saying don't don't criticize her but um just just under, understand what what she means to a lot of a lot of black women specifically especially black women like 50 years older than you who's been who've been dealing with decades of being of of being uh, treated like shit by white men black men just people all over so. Yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, all right. So that is the end of our show. That is uh, that has been Big Boy Brunch. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Rob Milton, for stopping by. Dre, where can they find you? I am on Twitter at Exhibit Dre, and I'm on Instagram at Exhibit underscore Dre. Bet, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lolo Von Z. That is L O L O V O N Z. Please subscribe to Big Boy Brunch wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit us with that five star, five store, and leave us a little comment saying how much you love our show, how much we make you laugh. How much we talk about bus and whatever, like what, whatever your your favorite part about the show, definitely, that that de- definitely drop that drop drop that on us. Um, stay safe out there, cause the 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 other side is still out there, girl, and they they and mad. They're they might weird. Be, they, they're weird. They're being weird. <laughs> they're, they're being they're they're being weird. Like I I, I went to, like we. Like we went to a restaurant like last night. It was, it's called called Aleros. Like it's close to my job, but like I've never been inside. Um, I'll try. It's like a, it's like a Mexican restaurant. I was like, <laughs> the walls were lined with with portraits of Frida Kahlo. It was it was amazing, but also weird at the same time. And I I, I saw 
um like we were eating and, and there, there was a like two white guys like watching the, one of the college games it was like being loud as fuck and i'm just like it's mostly black and brown people in here and you're like the only white people in here like watching the game and all something like did you come here purposefully to like be loud i feel like y'all voted for trump because like y'all y'all knew he <laughs> lost so y'all wanted to like y'all just like watch your game in the middle of like a bunch of black and brown people it's like so watch your team win so you can be loud as fuck and disturbs i don't know but it was just like, it, it was weird so but keep your head on the swivel because these motherfuckers are out here um <laughs> so be careful with Lero too shit. yeah girl cheetos finito he owes so much money they're gonna seize all them goddamn properties uh, like i just that's the thing like i cannot wait to see all the trump buildings just disappear god i cannot I mean, wait or like be repurposed for something else i cannot be wait because he ain't got it. He ain't got it. Broke, 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 Trump broke. Like, I just want to see them drag him out. Like, that's really what I want to see. Yeah. Just drag him out of the fucking house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we deserve it. And just like, like, I don't post anything with his face, but now that he's lost, he's in like the, the slit above his chin is like curled down, like constantly. Still. Yeah, we, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we 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 will. You know, as um, they they said in the Glorious Bastards, like we will be very cruel to Donald Trump. <laughs> continue yes, to God. continue to be like now. Nah. I now like the petty starts now. It's what he deserves. Every reaction, every negative reaction that he that that, that the news pulls up. Yeah, I'm I'm like ooh ooh ooh. He, de- ooh, he deserves ooh, it, little bitch. He deserves little, it. Little bitch. In six months, you're going to be in love and hip hop. No, wait, no, not no, not not that. I'm going to edit that out. He's going to be on a reality show. He's he's going to be he's going to he's going to go back to The Apprentice and he's going to be he's going to be grooming like new Trump people, new Trump like candidates. I'm scared. His supporters. His yeah. supporters. His supporters. Just wait. Cause he ain't got no money, so he got to do the damn show. So yeah, and then, or you know, or, or when, you, like he'll either, you know, either write a book or do like a, either write a book or do a whole. No, he's gonna be he's gonna be the president of the new uh, states that secede from the union after yeah. the civil war. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, that starts yeah. the civil war off. So yeah, but um, as for a presidency, the Cheeto is finito. God bless. So all right, thanks for listening to Big Boy Brunch. Check please.